I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open. This is talking about Jesus. When Jesus comes, there's a key that's going to be laid on him, and it's going to be the key of the house of David, which is the key of intimacy. It says the key is going to be laid on him, on his shoulder. It says, and he shall open. There's a door that's getting ready to open. Welcome to the City Light Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today as we look into God's Word and discover the hope and truth that He has for us. If you want to connect with City Light Church, feel free to visit us at citylightnyc.com. That's citylightnyc.com. Pastor Boyan Jancic and his team believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is already working in our hearts and minds. As you listen to today's teaching, remember that you are deeply loved by God, that you are surrounded by His grace, and that He has a real hope and a future for you. All right, let's get to Acts chapter 16, Acts the 16th chapter, and I'm going to read two verses. It's going to be 25 and 26, and I'm going to get into the Word. It might start off slow, but it's going to end strong. Amen? Y'all with me? Okay, I can't have the first service with 85 people be louder than y'all with like 200 people in here. Okay, I see, I see. Y'all were like, y'all not, you're not going to play me, man of God. Uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, here's what it says. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. At midnight, the darkest time the, the, the most challenging time, it was midnight. It was midnight. It was, it was a dark season. It was a dark season. It was a dark moment. Our nation's at a dark place. Our season's at a dark, our, our nation's at a dark moment. It's, it's a dark season. But guess what? They decided to pray and praise anyway. It says, and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26. It says, suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors. Hold on, two people were praising, but um, let's try that one more time. Everyone was there in the prison, but only two people were praising. But because they were praising, the Bible says title of my sermon is all the doors are going to open this year. I don't care what, how impossible it looks. I declare the doors are opening. Some of you have been waiting on contracts and I declare that the door for the contract's opening. Some of you have been waiting on a job and I declare the door for employment is opening. Some of you have been waiting for salvation for your family members. I declare that the door of salvation is opening. Some of you have been in a financial crunch and a financial dry season. I declare the door of blessing and prosperity is getting ready to open for you today. After today, every door that's been shut by faith is getting ready to open. I declare there's a door of healing opening. I declare there's a door of glory opening. I declare there's a a door of power opening. I declare there's a door of opportunity. If you believe it, shout! Oh, that's a faith-filled church right there. 
in order to understand what ha was happening here with Paul and Silas, we need to go back a little bit into the book of Acts, one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. And what was happening was that Paul was on his second missionary journey. He already did his first and this was his second time going out and preaching the gospel and ministering the gospel in different cities and in different places all around the known world at that time. And Paul got into a little scuffle with his friend Barnabas over his nephew John Mark and they decided not to do ministry anymore. So Paul decides to connect with Silas and him and Silas were about to go into Asia Minor but as as they tried to, in the first service, I really went in on this, but this service, I don't feel like I should. See, that's why every service is different. And as, as they were trying to go into Asia Minor, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit prevented them from going. And Paul gets a dream to go to Macedonia. Paul gets a dream that there's help that's needed in the region. Paul gets a dream. See, we need spirit-led preachers. We need spirit-led people who are not just going to do what they always do and expect a different result. We need people who, when the Holy Spirit tells you to go right, you go right. When the Holy Spirit tells you to go left, you go left. Because when you do it God's way, you could be saving a life and not even realizing. The problem is that many of us are doing things based off what it can do for us financially financially what it, my god the connections it can bring us and the holy spirit is completely left out of the equation but we need to get back to the place where we allow the holy spirit to lead us even if it doesn't seem financially beneficial to us even though it may not open the doors even though it may not be the biggest opportunity you need to be led by the holy spirit I pray as a preacher, I'd never get big enough to say no to the small churches because I feel like they don't have the resources to take care of me. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit that if he tells me to go to a church with three people, I know that there's a miracle getting ready to happen in that place. If God told, tells me to go and preach on the street, it's because there's a soul that needs to be saved. We need spirit-led people. That's how revival is going to break out. And so what happens is that Paul and Silas, as they're on their way to do what God told them to do, they end up in a place called Philippi, the first city in Macedonia, the first city, and they land there. And before they even start preaching any sermons, even before they start ministering to anyone, they go into prayer. Because prayer is the foundation for anything that God's going to do on the earth. Three people said amen. Prayer is the foundation for everything that God is going to do on the earth. Even before Jesus, Jesus, we're talking about Jesus, the son of the living God. We're talking about 100% man, 100% God when he was on the earth. Even Jesus prayed and fasted for 40 days before he started ministry. But some of you want to do ministry void of prayer. Ooh, they can say, ow. They, no one said amen on that. Everyone said, ow. Before he could even be launched out into ministry, 40 days, 40 nights, fasting and prayer. If Jesus had to do it, how much us, how much more you and me have to get into the mode of seeking God? Before we're launched out, prayer has to be your food. 
You know what birthed my ministry? It was the carpet. I was on the carpet on my face. That's what birthed me in ministry. I didn't get birthed in ministry because I was a great preacher. There's preachers a million times better than me. But what birthed me in ministry was I had a ministry of prayer for the nations. Anything on the earth great that God wants to do, he's looking for someone to begin to pray and intercede. And so, all right, can I get to the text? I'm almost... I'm almost there. You see, I had like a strict time restriction in the first service. It's not as strict, but it's still a little bit strict. All right. (laughs) So I'm going to try my best to keep in alignment. All right. So Paul and Silas go to Philippi and they go to the city. And the first thing they do is they go into prayer every day. And every day as they're going into prayer, the Bible says that there was a woman who was demon possessed. She, she was a, a soothsayer. She was a, uh, uh, di- she did divination. She, 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 she worshiped false gods and she was able to tell people's future. She was a fortune, fortune teller. She was able to tell people's future. She was a palm reader. She was able to tell people's future. And as Paul and Silas walked every day to prayer, this girl will begin to cry out. These are servants of the most high God. These are servants of the most high God. And it wasn't her words that were wrong. It was spirit that was wrong and Paul and Silas they let it go on a few days and the Bible says one day Paul gets annoyed you see God is looking for some people who will just get annoyed by the devil the devil's been harassing your family bringing sickness in your body bringing confusion all around you you need to start getting sick and tired of being sick and tired you need to get sick and tired of the enemy throwing shots and arrows at you and say it's time to fight back and what's interesting is Paul didn't counsel the demon out of her Some of you need counseling. Some of you, you, the demon needs to be casted out. Oh, I knew they wasn't going to like that. But the church has become so accustomed that when something's wrong, why don't we just talk and have a conversation? Some things are not meant for a conversation. Some things are meant for come out in the name of Jesus. You have no authority here, devil. There's some stuff you can't counsel out. You gotta cast out. You gotta say, devil, you have no authority here, my family. You can't stay in my house any longer. This rebellion is not from my God. It's not from God and it can't stay here any longer. Come on, where are some Holy Ghost people that say, I'm ready to cast out some devils. I'm ready to cast out some demons. I'm ready to tell the devil, you've got no power here in my family, in my church, in my life. Can I tell you something? And it's not just me who has that power. Each and every one of you. Jesus already told you in Mark chapter 16, you will cast out devils. Some of you got some devils on your job. You will cast out devils. Some of you, your boss is a devil. You will cast out. Some of you, your kids got devils. You will cast. 
Wherever I step into, whatever region I step into, hell should be afraid. I'm talking to the wrong side, maybe this side. Wherever you step, hell should be afraid that you stepped on the scene because greater is you that lives within you than he that is in the world. Hell should be afraid because there's power on the inside of you. Hell should be afraid. Hell should be afraid when you step into a region because you got power. Let me tell you, you know why there's some stuff you're like, why is this person always angry when I'm around? It's because you stir up their demons. You can ask my wife. And I promise I'm not lying. I walk down the street and people just start. Am I lying? Leave me alone. Get out of here. Sir, I don't even know you. Ma'am, I never met you before. But they know me by the spirit. Oh, you got power. Somebody say, I got power. I got Holy Ghost power. That means you're armed and dangerous. That means you're armed with power. You're armed with the full armor of God. You got the sword of the spirit. You got the helmet of salvation. You got the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Come on, somebody. I'm armed and dangerous. So... They cast out this demon out of this girl. And here's the thing. After casting out the devil, she made lots of money for the people in that region. You know when the people of God start arising into our God-given authority, we start disrupting demonic commerce and demonic economy? Uh, Let me say that again. When we start moving in our divine, let me tell you, the strip club is going to have to get shut down because we're going to step in there and we're going to destroy the economic ecosystem of every satanic scheme and plot. So many people are going to start getting saved. They're not going to have business anymore. Okay, three people shouting. It's happened before. I believe that this city is going to hit such revival that the demonic infrastructure is going to have to be torn down. That the demonic systems are going to collapse under the weight of God's glory and God's power and God's anointing. Somebody shout in here. I was, I was actually looking something up because I know some people have made this into a political thing, but I do think it's really powerful. And then I think if kingdom people start tapping into this reality, we'll see God do more than we've ever imagined. As a church, the Lord told me, as a church, um, we have power to bankrupt demonic sy- sy- systems. Sorry, systems. And the Lord began to show me Disney. They were... They were promoting LGBTQ agenda to children. They were promoting demonic. You see, that's what I'm talking about, a system. Some of you just look at Disney as innocent. Oh, they just do movies. You don't see the spirit behind it. 
Discernment helps you look beyond the words and the message and see the spirit. And what's happening is that there's a spirit that's being disseminated upon this generation that says everything's okay. Just live the life the way you want it. Don't listen to your parents. They're a little bit crazy. Some of y'all are, but you know, that's a I'm just kidding, but I'm serious. But we need to bankrupt these demonic systems. Systems. Look at this. Disney lost $50 billion of its market cap. Come on, church. It's time for us to arise. We're going to be the righteous standard on the earth. You know what? We're going to come up with our own entertainment systems. As the systems of the world collapse, we're going to come up with our own system. It's going to be called the kingdom system. What is going to disseminate on the earth is righteousness, holiness, good morals, love, peace. Come on, somebody. I don't promote alcohol, right? Because I don't drink and I, I just don't personally. Some, some, they're sipping saints, but not me. Some of the old school saints are going to understand that joke. The new school saints are like, oh my God, she's so condemning. But the old school saints, there was a book literally written called Sipping Saints. Back in the days, you couldn't do everything was a sin. You breathed too loud, you were sinning. You were coughing in church, <laughs> sin, sin. nothing's a sin. I, I just don't get it. Like, it's like, we went from one level to the next. Everything was a sin, now nothing's a sin. I'm like, God, bring us back to the balance of your word. Budweiser, $27 million lost. Target, $15 billion lost. Demonic systems are collapsing all around us. We can't see in the spirit enough to realize what's happening. That as a church, because we're starting to unite, and it's not a racial thing, we're united around more than our race, more than our culture, more than where you grew up. You know the uniting force for the church? Jesus. You know the uniting force? The kingdom of God. So I don't care how you look, we're united on one thing, and it's the power of the gospel of Jesus. That makes hell scared. We need a church that really has power. We need a church where demons can't hide, where witches can't hide. We need that power again. All right. Let me get to my point. Because I'm talking about all the doors being open, and I didn't really get to touch on it the way I wanted to in the last service. Paul, after he does what he does, he faces persecution. The Bible says they take him into the marketplace. The place he disrupted, that's the place they took him into 
to persecute him. See, this Christian company is being persecuted in the place that they're disrupting, the marketplace. You don't think that Twitter has an agenda? Or Facebook or Instagram, when they block certain Christian, certain companies that have Judeo-Christian values. Oh, no, no, it's just normal, it's just regular. No, no, it's a form of persecution that's about to increase as the days become more evil. As wickedness begins to increase on the earth, the persecution of the saints are only going to get worse. I know that's not a good news message, but it is a good news message. Because a good news message is this, that even as the persecution increases, the church is going to grow. I prophesy this right now, and you can see it all throughout scripture. Every time the church is persecuted, that's the hour where the church grows the more. That's the hour where there's more miracles and more signs and more wonders and more glory. And I declare as America begins to persecute Christians because they don't want to succumb to the LGBT, GBQTAFGLMNOPQRST agenda that's how confusing it is now I don't even know plus minus equal sign because we won't succumb to it there's a persecution coming and guess what it's not time to say I'm just going to do what my job tells me to do yeah, if they want he, she, I'm just going to say he, she. No, I'm calling you by your name. I don't want to get fired, so I'm not going to use pronouns, but I'll just say your name. Hey, Jim. Because I'm not going to feed into craziness and insanity. We got to take a stand as a church. And some people may not like it, but I don't care. Because the system of the nuclear family of man and woman was not something that I created. It's something that God created. The Bible says in the beginning, he created a male and female. And I don't care who tries to change it. I don't care what they say about it. I don't care what scientist comes out. They're all wrong and God's right. So, He's persecuted, he's whipped, he's him, him and, can, can, I tell you, can I tell you what's interesting? This is Silas' first trip. Yes. <laughs> Imagine I'm like, yo, Pastor Mo, I'm be traveling, preaching, come with me. First trip! They take us out to the marketplace, start beating us, throw us in jail. He's like, I'm never traveling with this dude. My first, that's a call of baptism right there. My first trip, I'm getting, ugh, they beat me. I'm just imagining how the beatdown happened, right? Stop. Ugh. Hold on, I'm getting beat down. My first trip, God. Someone said, I know. 
But this is where the story gets a little bit interesting. Can I pause right here to just talk about a couple of the doors that God's getting ready to open for you? Is that cool with everyone? I know it's not like perfect in the way you're supposed to preach a sermon and my points. I don't really care. I'm just going to flow with the Lord. Can I tell you the first door that's going to open for you this year? Okay, y'all didn't want to hear it. This is the year of open doors. The first door that God is getting ready to open for you is called wide and active doors in the midst of opposition. There are doors that are going to open even while opposing forces are coming against you and they're going to be so big. They're going to be so powerful. They're going to be so wide. All right, let's open up to the scripture. First Corinthians chapter 16. And I only want to look at the last verse, verse nine. Here's what it says. And this is Paul speaking because he was trying to get to Ephesus and get to the people. Verse eight says that he was trying to get to them in Ephesus. But he says, let's go to verse eight. Let's read, read that. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost because he was trying to get to them in Corinthians. So he got stuck in Ephesus and he goes, man, I got to wait in Ephesus until Pentecost. But here's what he said. He says, for a great, that word great literally means wide. So the door you're about to walk into, you won't just be barely getting into it. It's tailor-made, even though you put on a few pounds. <laughs> then here's the second thing it says. It's an effective door, which means an active door. You know what happens when a door is active? That means things just keep coming and keep coming and keep. Can I prophesy that the blessing is just going to keep coming, that the abundance is going to keep coming, that the... Come on, somebody. The opportunities are going to just keep coming. You won't even be able to keep up with how big the blessing is going to be. And here's what he says. This is my favorite part of the passage. Great and effective doors has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. He's saying, in the midst of warfare, I'm still experiencing open doors. Can I tell you, I know you've been facing a lot of warfare and a lot of attacks, but even in the midst of it, I declare God is opening great and effective doors for you in Jesus' name. I cannot tell you the second door that God's getting ready to open for you. No, I'm just kidding. The second door that God's getting ready to open for you is a door that no man can close. Oh, this is, this is one of my favorites. Because I don't care what anyone tries to do. Your boss may try to stop you from getting a promotion. They can't even stop you. I don't care how much power they think they have. The board will look at them and tell them, no, they must get the job. Look at this. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22. And I will place on his shoulder <laughs> the key of David. I'm reading from the... E the ESV, even though the N NKJV's up there. Don't worry, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> I will place on his shoulder, and I told him the NKJV, but this is just me doing my own thing. Don't judge the media people. It's me. <laughs> judge me. <laughs> right? They're amazing. Judge me. I, 
I'm judged. Thank you. I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open. This is talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. When Jesus comes, there's a key that's going to be laid on him, and it's going to be the key of the house of David, which is the key of intimacy. It's just the key of the house of David, right? The key of the Messiah, the key of the ruler, the master. It says the key is going to be laid on him, on his shoulder. It says, and he shall open. There's a door that's getting ready to open. And the Bible says, and no one shall. All right, here's the third door. A door into good things. All right, let's, let's open up there. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verse 7. Then we're going to look at, I think, verse 11. Here's what it says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Then verse 11 tells you what you're going to be, what you're going to get, the benefit of it being open. Look at this. If then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good Man, God don't want me to be blessed. He don't want me to have good things. You know, he just wants me to just barely be able to pay my bills. The devil is a liar. The Bible says, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give Man, I'm just barely holding on and barely surviving and barely and barely and broke, busted, and disgusted. No! No! He wants to give you There's a door of good things coming to you. Good opportunities. All right. Here's, I didn't spend a lot of time on these because I've already taken too long. Here's the third one. Oh, fourth one. A door into financial increase. All right, let me say it in layman's term. A door into money. A door into wealth. A door into real estate. A door into owning property. I declare the door be open for your business. Come on, somebody. I declare the door of promotion be open for you. Oh, three people are shouting. I need some real saints who believe it. The door is getting ready to open in Jesus' name. Look at this. Let's go there. Uh, Isaiah chapter 45. We're going to look at verse 1 and then look at verse 3. Look what it says. Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue the nations before him and to loose the armor of kings, to open before him the Hold on. Hold on. God ain't he just opening a door for you. He's getting ready to open a double door for you. In my room, there's a double door. And I remember when we were moving, there were certain things that couldn't fit in the regular door. 
our bed, our mattress couldn't fit when the door was just, one of the doors was open. So what we had to do is we had to take the lock off and then we had to open the double door. And what couldn't fit before, can I tell you, there's a blessing so big that one door isn't enough. There's a miracle so big that one door isn't enough. I declare double doors over you. I declare double the wealth. I declare double the salary. I declare double the square footage. I declare double the clients. Oh, I need someone to shout like they believe it. Double is coming on you now in Jesus' name. Double for your trouble. Double for the warfare. I declare double in Jesus' name. It says, double doors and the gates will not be shut. Look what verse 3 says. It's going to tell you why the double door has to open because of the amount of what's coming in. I will give you the treasures of darkness. That means money, treasures, wealth that were in dark places. I mean, money that was... in the grip of evil people, I'm going to give that to you. There's no way the people of God should be suffering and the wicked should be prospering. And hidden riches. Hold on. So there's money that's hidden that only an open door can bring to you. See, this is why I don't play around. If God says open door, I'm believing open door. Because I need that hidden money to start hitting my account. Amen? It says, hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who called you by your name, am the God. I'm not doing this for any reason except to boast in how good I am. All right. Can we get back to the text? Is that all right with everyone? All right, so let's get back to Acts chapter 16 and then... I should be done with the preaching part. And then I want to lay hands on every single person in the house. Amen. See, I like, I like the people who be provoking me. Amen. One person. I'm going to lay hands on that one person since all of y'all said nothing. One person. Amen. I'm like, I ain't laying hands. Even you, babe, you didn't amen. I'm not laying hands. My own wife. I thought she was going to at least say Amen. But when you go back to Acts chapter 16, something interesting happens. Paul and Silas are currently in prison. Bound up. Chains around them. Prison doors closed. Around hardened criminals. But here's the crazy thing. They don't stop praising. They don't allow what they're going through to become their identity. You could be in prison and not have a prison mindset. 
You can be going through hell and hell not get into you. Oh, I like this right here. This is my type of preaching. You can be going through storms and the storm doesn't get into you. It doesn't affect who you are. You can be going through some stuff and still have a good attitude. And still worship and still praise and still... Everyone doesn't have to know you're going through a hard time. To say, why everyone got to know you're angry and upset and going through? Put a smile on your face. Jesus rose from the dead. I don't want to look like what I'm going through. You know that you have power that no matter how crazy your region, your home, your community is, you have atmosphere-shifting power. All right, I'm going to try that one more time. You have atmosphere-shifting power. That because you step on the scene, even though crazy things are happening, it won't get in you. There was a storm. There was a really crazy storm to the point where professional fishermen got scared. People who had been out in the water every day, they were like, nah, they say, nope, nope, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Jesus didn't even let it get inside of him. They let the storm affect their eternal reality. They started speaking death instead of life when they saw what was happening externally. Some of you have allowed external circumstances to affect so much of what, who you are internally. So everything that happens on the outside starts seeping into your spirit, seeping into your soul, and it starts becoming a part of who you are. And you start thinking, man, just life is just terrible. You start making those confessions. Man, life is just not good for me. It's good for us. What? You got to start changing the way you talk. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. I don't care how bad it looks. I ain't speaking that I'm going through struggle and pain. No, God is with me. Yeah. Nope, greater is he that's within me than he that is in the world. Nope, wealth and riches are in my house. I start speaking the word. So look at this. I, I, I read this and, and, and Paul and Silas, they, they start praising. In the midst, they start praising. They start singing. They say, you are enough. Now, I wish I could sing like Sean. And I could play the saxophone like that. What's your name, young? Oh, my God. Jordan? Oh, my God. She killed it. Yo, the worship team. Y'all went higher. It was crazy. Man, y'all, they killed it. I mean, killed, it was urban colloquial terms. They were amazing. Gosh, I was like, yo. When she started playing that saxophone, I was like, oh. It's like some smooth jazz right here. I was still in the spirit, but I was like, oh, yeah. Hey, we need to go to a jazz club. Next, y'all need a horn section, because if one, if the sax could sound that good, imagine if you get the trumpet in there. Oh, man. Trumpet player, arise to your destiny and start playing. Yeah, so they were praising. It was midnight. It was the darkest time of the night. When it says midnight, that's literally what it means. 
Because it's usually that darkest time where you can grow the most. Because that's where you really learn who God is. Because you can't depend on anyone else. You can't. Says Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. They weren't even praising. Look what it says. What, look what their praise did. Verse twenty-six. Suddenly there was an earthquake. Okay, I don't think you realize the power of your praise. They prayed so hard that it literally changed the dynamic of what was happening on the earth. Baby, I, 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 I believe that if you would just praise, that you begin to shift what's happening in the nations. If I could just find two people in the house, like Paul and Silas, to praise no matter how dark things look in the nation, no matter how dark things look in your family, no matter how dark things look in your situation, I guarantee that God's going to send a divine earthquake and begin to shift the foundations of things. The Bible says, of the prison and it was shaken and immediately and this is the last door oh so if I told you about the four doors and it didn't fit anything that you wanted can I prophesy something to you oh okay I need some praisers in here who know that all the doors means the doors in your marriage. That means the doors in your finances. That means the doors in your prayer life. That means the doors in writing the book. That means the doors in completing the assignment. That means the doors of contracts. That means the doors of your education. That means the doors of your purpose. That means the doors of your calling. I declare and decree that all the doors are getting ready to open for you today. Come on. I need you to shout in this place if you really believe it. Every door that's been held up, every door that's been limited, it's about to open for you now in Jesus' name. I'm going to end with this last thing. Um, I'm from New York, but when I moved to Pennsylvania, I realized that um, Pennsylvania moved completely different when it came to guns. Um, huh? That was random, right? I'm always like, that's so random, babe. You forgot I'm a preacher, okay? I'm gonna tie it in. She be forgetting sometimes. Like, you be forgetting who I am. You be forgetting who I am, girl. I'm sorry, that's my, that's my woman. I got distracted. Um, okay. So Pennsylvania, the gun laws are completely different. Like, people move different. Like, it, it's, it's, it ain't Texas. But it ain't New York. And so I was like, you know what? New state, new lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, God's going to protect you. Yep. And my nine. Damn. 
We was about to move to New Jersey. I said, nah, babe, we can't do it. So I go to the gun store. I didn't even make a point. I was to the, yep, yep. As a, as a gun novice, I have tons of questions. And thankfully, this gun store isn't judgmental, because some of them are. Like, you don't know anything, you're a 30-year-old man, you don't know about guns. Um, I ain't from here, all right? Country bumpkins out here. <laughs> but he was kind, he was so kind, he went through the process. Yeah, so I said, yeah, um, so like, I want like a nine to protect my family. He was like, oh, that's a good gun for like self-protection. I'm like, what? He said, if you really want to protect your family. He said, you need a shotgun. It's like, why I need that big gun to protect my family? He says, you don't understand why you use a shotgun. You use a shotgun so that you don't have to use a shotgun. What do you mean? He said, when someone's trying to break down your door and they hear <laughs> that sound alerts them that something's happening in the house and that if they step in the house, it's gonna be trouble for them. Then the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and said, do you know what the church's shotgun is? It's praise. Okay, I need about three people. You got a shotgun in the spirit. And the devil's trying to get entry, but all you got to do is go, all you got to do is go, hallelujah. All you got to do is praise the Lord. All you got to say is, thank you, Jesus. And guess what? The devil goes running because there's power in your praise. I just need three praisers to stand to your feet, open up your mouth, and shout. make hell afraid, start praising. So here's what we're going to do on the count of three. We're going to release this crazy, radical, insane praise. And it's going to begin to shake the region and shake the nation and shake every prison. And it's going to begin to open every door. One, two, three, shout.
Shout the shout of victory. Shout the shout of victory. Shout the shout of triumph. I just saw some devils running out of this place. I just saw some demons that have been harassing your family run out of this place. I just saw some sickness that been on your body running out of this place. I just saw the spirit of fear leave and say, I ain't coming back and messing with those praisers. This is the City Light Church Podcast. If you've missed any part of today's message, or if you would like to find out more about Pastor Boyan Jancic and City Light Church, visit us at citylightnyc.com. That's citylightnyc.com. Feel free to visit us online or in person anytime. We would love to connect with you. We pray that you have been encouraged today, that you have been reminded how much God loves you, and that you are surrounded by grace. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to City Light Church Podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts worldwide.